seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 195 of Color of Magic, your magic gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 195, nearly 200 episodes, still got my main man, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? Uh, going well. We got any... Uh... We we gonna bring back Randy Orton for the the two hundredth episode or something? We got any big reveals planned? Maybe maybe we'll go old school and just like round up all the people that were guests in like that first year during twenty twenty or whatever. Like that that could be something interesting. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we do something. I'll I'll think on it. I have some downtime uh, this week, taking some time off. So maybe maybe I'll ponder what we can do. We have five weeks to get stuff together. We can make something happen. Yeah, before we get into the show, as always, we want to pay some love to our sponsors over at CoolStuffInc.com. Great site, great people, and they have tons of stuff. Even though we do talk a lot about magic and whatnot, they have all types of nerd stuff, so go check them out. You'd be supporting the show and getting to save some money because you can use code DRAGON at checkout and save 5%. And remember, CoolStuffInc always has cool stuff in stock. And if you want to support the show directly, you can go to patreon.com slash color magic and you can get a shout out just like Timothy Figler. Thank you so much for being a member. And you can go over to colormtg.com slash shop and get some merchandise. All right. So this is going to bring us into some very interesting conversations today, I think. And actually, you know what? I You know what? I think... I think I messed up. I don't think I even updated. Did we? Maybe we did. Maybe. We, well, anyway, I thought maybe we gave a shout out to Timothy last week, but maybe we didn't. If not, you got a shout out twice. I don't remember. It's been a busy week. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but you know what? Let's go ahead and hop right into the soapbox because, man, here's up. Now, this first part is a little bit benign, I'll say, uh, but. I, I was looking at the new Wes Anderson movie where they're like out on some fields in, in Arizona somewhere in the desert. And it's like a weird community. And supposedly there's aliens, but there's not aliens. And then people are dead, but people don't know they're dead. And some people it's weird. It's like all his films. There's just stuff happening with no explanation. <laughs> you know, it's it's a weird coloration to everything. Kind of the same actors you see in his other films. And I realized while watching even the extended trailer that I have no idea what's going on in that film. And that's kind of the way I felt when I've watched some of his other stuff. And honestly, I think the only one I've finished of any of his movies is Rushmore. And that's from what, like 89 or something? It's from forever ago. And probably the least, you know, wild avant-garde, uh, just yeah. maybe, the, maybe the least Wes, Wes Anderson-y. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, that's probably why I got through it. But then I had somebody come on and say, you know, the trailers actually pick out the most coherent parts. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That's not a compliment. <laughs> but But I also, when I made the post about it on Twitter, I specifically said, like, I kind of appreciate that I don't get it sometimes. And I can watch other people really be enthused about a thing and enjoy it. And I'm happy for my friends to enjoy the thing that I look at and just go, eh, that's weird, but I'm glad y'all like it. And then there were a bunch of people who had sent me DMs and tried to link me to stuff to try to convince me that it was good. And I don't think they understood that I understand why you like it. I just don't get it. And that's okay. Right. Like, that's the whole reason I bring this up. Like, we have to get away from this whole idea of because I like it, it's good. And because I dislike it, it's bad. That's not always the case. Like, there are foods that some people love that some of us don't like. That doesn't make the food trash. It just means we don't like it. We should be applying that to more things. Like, I've talked about it before. I remember coming out of Pacific Rim and there were people just, ugh. The plot and the dialogue were so bad. 
and blah, blah. And I'm like, did you know you were just going to go watch Voltron fight Kaijus? Because that's, yeah, that's, that's all they showed you in the previews, right? You knew what you were. But like the fact that, oh, it wasn't award winning acting. This movie sucks. And in my eyes, I'm like, this movie was exactly what it said it was going to be. I showed up. I paid them my $12. I watched giant robots fight giant dinosaurs. I had a great time. And then and I went home. Tell the total the apocalypse is canceled. Exactly. Right. That's one of the best lines in, in action movies, for sure. Right. But it was amazing to me. Even And that was, you know, whatever now. What is that, like 12 years ago at this point? Easily. But I had that same thought then of just, why should you be applying the exact same expectation to every category of everything? Like, believe me, there's movies like, hell, dude, where's my car? That I just go... This is idiotic, but hey, you know what? Some people enjoy that type of humor. Yeah, and it was absolutely designed to be idiotic. Yeah, and you know what? It's harmless. It's not hurting anybody. It's not doing anything crazily, ethically wrong. Great. Let people enjoy it. Now, it's different if they're violating some things or something, but if they're not, it's okay. And I don't have to convince people to like my thing. You don't have to convince me to like your thing. It is okay for each of us to enjoy separate things. Hell, even in gaming, like some people like playing control decks, some people like combo decks, whatever. I don't have to hate them because I don't like them. Like you enjoy the game how you want to enjoy the game. You know, we've talked about it before, even with video games. It's the whole reason I think there should be more modes in video games. Like have a baby mode or whatever the guys want to call it, right? If you don't have the time to go through the game and, and dedicate to learning all the tricks and get your skills up just to get through and see the story and that's all you want, Great. Let somebody play baby mode and get through the story. If I want to play it on the most difficult setting, I can still do that. And it doesn't affect my entertainment. Like if I get on and play Madden, minimum I have to play all pro or else it's going to be boring for me. And I'm probably playing on all Madden. Right. But other people are not going to, but they still want to enjoy the game. That's okay. Like we got to get back to that. So yeah, if you enjoy your Wes Anderson films, go for it. I just know I'll be looking at you funny, but. There's nothing wrong with that, right? It's entertainment for you. He he obviously wins awards for his movies. So it's 100% I don't get it. But just enjoy what you enjoy, as long as you're not harming anybody. All right, Brian, what you got? I feel like it's kind of along that same line of, you know, if other people enjoy a thing. I've seen a lot of pieces this week talking about whether black people should celebrate the 4th of July because, you know, well, we still had another hundred some odd years to go before we got free. So, yeah, I get it. That said, you know, I'm not at a I'm not at a 4th of July event today and it's not because, you know, I have decided to not celebrate it. It's because America is still being America and we had a shooting at a, at a 4th of July event in Fort Worth yesterday. So, yeah, that's the part I'm I'm more concerned about is if you want to go to, to a 4th of July thing, because, again, I got three kids here. If they want to go, well, we can't legally pop fireworks ourselves because, again, we are <laughs> the, the state would burn down around us. But maybe can we not celebrate 4th of July because it's not safe? I don't know. Maybe that's what we need to be doing instead. I have no idea. It's just, hey, you done come up a little bit. You're in a decent neighborhood now, too. You can't just get away with that over there. I think it's banned pretty much everywhere in our city because, you know, we just we got two or three drops of rain last night. Not enough to stop everything from catching on fire if there's a spark. Yeah. But the cities all still have theirs. And even after the shooting in Fort Worth, most of the cities around here went ahead and decided, yeah, we're going to do ours. It's just. Yeah. Which is wild. That's a tough subject for a lot of people, you know, and I think it's going to definitely be an individual basis on how people choose to celebrate or not. Because I know even when I was growing up, I had thoughts at times of like, does this really make sense? You can't kind of. But, you know, to be fair, I thought the same thing about Columbus Day because that, that was just weird to me that like a dude made a mistake. But then we celebrate it. I'm like, but why, though? <laughs> and that was before we realized all the other numerous oh, yeah, yeah. mistakes. And he As I got older and started reading the text on like the craziness that went on between him and the queen and all that other stuff. Like it's, it's wild, but it, this kind of falls in that same category of like, how do you feel about the state of things? I, I think for me, especially as I've gotten older, 
because people's behavior around the fourth has gotten worse on top of already feeling a little odd about it. I just don't do a lot for the fourth of July. Like I'm not against it necessarily, but I'm not motivated to go out and necessarily celebrate it. Like if I'm up and there's some fun stuff on TV where they're, you know, I can watch the fireworks without having to go drive out to them. <laughs> I'll probably do it like around here. I think they did like a laser light show or something last year. So that was cool. But yeah, I don't know. But I, but I get people also not wanting to celebrate it because there is the reality of you're supposed to be celebrating freedom and, you know, everybody being one in America, or whatever. But it, it doesn't feel like that for a lot of people right now. So I kind of get it. That's a tough one. And I, you reminded me I, just many, many years ago in a, in a college course, uh, we were asked to write the, the simplest editorial about Labor Day. And one guy asked, well, are, are, are we to be for or against Labor Day? And the professor, like most people, had never considered the prospect of anybody being opposed to Labor Day. But my dude was, yeah, I think it's a useless holiday for slackers. First of all, he said slacker. Like this guy said, but he he legitimately was opposed to Labor Day. So again, I guess different strokes. <laughs> I mean, all right. <laughs> a useless holiday for slack. We all thought the guy was doing a bit, and then just realized, oh my god, he is serious. He. He hates Labor Day. So I think the professor's like, well, yeah, if, if you wish to be opposed, please, I'm looking forward to reading this piece. <laughs> Man, I, I would like seeing a day like Labor Day or one of those types of holidays like turned into a voting day would be really cool. So everybody election day absolutely should and, be a holiday. Yeah. And go vote or whatever. And some some countries do have that is my understanding. But especially because, you know, see how many polling places or schools or churches, yeah. so your, your, your major parking lot and a lot of your major thoroughfares are kind of jacked up for large portions of the day. And also just to encourage more people to vote, because I know so many people that want to. And it's just like after you after you get off work from eight to ten hours, do you want to go stand in line for another two or three? Probably not. Now, again, that applies to places where you need to go to the polls. Like we don't need a necessarily an election day here because we can send ours in the mail. So it's cool. But if you're going to have so many places that are still requiring people to go to the polls, like we should be making it easier to vote. Like that's just all there is to it. Like I remember being in things like getting out of work, standing in line for another like two, three hours. I'm one of the last like 10 people in the line. They have to cut it off. It's like eight 30 or so nine o'clock. Like it's a mess. Whereas now, literally, thing shows up in the mail. It's got a pamphlet with all, or not a pamphlet, almost like a booklet with all the recent voting history, the background of the different candidates or whatever. And then you vote, stick in the mail, you're good. You even get a tracking code and everything to know when your vote's counting. What a concept. Yeah, it's great. Great. Everybody should have it. Honestly, like having done it now for the last, what, six, seven years I've been up here, I literally just look and go, like, the fact that everybody doesn't do this is crazy. Like yeah, it's genuinely agreement. So just anything we can do to give people more incentive to go vote, participate in the process, and just oh, by the way, your lovely governor, oh god, you know, he just this last week actually made it even harder for people to vote because he vetoed a bill that was going to make voting at home. They were passing a law to make it where people with handicap issues or some issue to where they have trouble going to a poll, mainly people in like wheelchairs, people that are blind, that need assistance, could vote from home. And he still vetoed that. And I'm like, man, like you, these folks here are trying to say they're about the people and all that mess. Like, you ain't about nobody. And by the way, for anybody who doesn't know, our governor is in a wheelchair. Yep. Yet he routinely votes against and strikes things from the laws that make it easier for for disabled people to do things such as voting for getting into buildings just he it just it's mind-boggling i mean he's about, almost about to lose the capacity for rational speech and just all the the the, the just bash your the face palms that this man creates on a daily basis it's you ain't wrong but as you say, yeah, supposedly this is for the people. And I got to say, for somebody that's the governor of the largest, or 
you, in theory, the governor of Texas is supposed to be powerful, right? But so many things have gotten killed or in danger of getting killed this year because while Abbott supports them, the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, is against them. For example, we were talking about doing uh, casinos and sports gambling in Texas because we're to the point where Oklahoma has it, Louisiana has it. Texas is surrounded by gambling, so everybody enjoys that. It's just going to other states and spending that money. So, yeah, this year, the governor was in favor of it. Lieutenant governor didn't like it. It's going to die. Dan Patrick is the most powerful lieutenant governor in the union, I think. Most states, I don't know who the lieutenant governor is. I'm from Louisiana. To be getting locked up again or something? Is Patrick Patrick and Danger getting locked up? I know the lieutenant general is. Yeah, I knew that guy was bad. I thought there was something on Patrick, too, recently. I don't know. I'd have to go look. There feels like there's always things happening for y'all down there. At this point, I don't think they could. He just seems like as powerful or more powerful than the governor. It's it's bizarre. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about some more fun things because I think we both have kind of good and interesting things to talk about and what did we learn. So what do you got this week? Just a completely random thing happened as I was enjoying the game of Overwatch. I kind of looked around everybody's uh, selection in, in the uh, well selection, yeah everybody's character and realized we had all picked female characters nobody we were all randoms as one a group so nobody planned it it wasn't like i was playing my friends and we said oh hey we're all gonna pick uh, our favorite lady character no it just happened that there's enough characters that are diverse and better and nobody was hollering hey why'd you pick that character it's just I mean, I can't give them, you know, an A or probably even really a B minus on diversity, first of all, because it's Activision Blizzard. And second of all, because it still took us about six years to get a black female character in the game. But it's, you know, it's getting there. It's more diverse than a lot of games at this point. And it, it wasn't even a big deal. It's just something I looked around and I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is really kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of a rarity, right? Because a lot of games don't have that many women characters. Yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, it's Overwatch is uh, five five v five now. Because like, yeah. even legacy games like Street Fighter still feels like they don't even have a huge roster of women in there. I'm not sure how many are in Street Fighter Six. Need to check. I know there's a, a new. Uh, Black uh, black woman character, I think her name is Kimberly. And yeah, I think people online are just talking about her design and how it actually looks like they may have consulted some black people and perhaps, you know, gotten her gotten her hair right. Because, man, the hair is just, in so many video games, getting black hair texture is a struggle. Madden every year has... Has dreadlocks that look like Medusa. I'm talking uh, with Tish about how it's crazy. Some of the things that they'll be just, we can make Godzilla fight King Kong and it looks realistic. But when it comes to simple things like black dreadlocks, or uh, I saw a movie the other day where we were talking about the the ladies, you know, the, the character's pregnant, and the actress obviously is pregnant. And, yeah, that pregnancy belly was looking kind of rough. So it's just, you know it's, I just went and looked it up. I got to give some props to Street Fighter because there was, like, two more characters than I thought that were yeah. women in this, this season's lineup or this uh, version's lineup. Because you've got Lily. Uh, let's see. Manon. Jury. Kimberly Chun Li. So you've got five. And Chun Li had her own movie. It wasn't great, yeah. but then, you know, they, somebody decided, hey, Chun Li needs her own movie. So, you know, they tried. Give credit for trying. There's actually six because Cammy's in there too. Yep. So Cammy also a very popular character. Yes, yeah, so that's not bad. That's, that's pretty good overall. Obviously, it's not like 50 50 or even 60 40, but it's close. And now that I think about it, uh, AEW Fight Forever just dropped, and they actually let uh, men and women fight each other because, you know, I guess uh, AEW occasionally does stuff like that. So they allowed it in the video game, too. That's cool. Because, I mean, a wrestling game is essentially a fighting game, and fighting games have been letting men and women fight each other for years because it's a martial arts tournament. In the story of Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, men and women fight each other. Yeah, it's always been a weird thing, you know, right? Because especially once WB moved into, you know, what we call the PG era, that 
kind of was no longer a thing, right? Like occasionally you'd see like a, uh, China or Beth Phoenix or whatever, just yeah. like the really stout chicks get in there and like fight with the dudes. But rarely does it happen anymore. Even when you do the mixed tag things, they're like very quick to tag out, you mm-hmm. know, have women battle women. So yeah, it's, I, I guess Rhea Ripley, I think the game gonna, though is cool. Rhea Ripley is going to end up fighting the guys pretty soon. People are calling for that. And oh, yeah, yeah. She, no she doubt, could probably take a few dudes. Th- there's no doubt that she could do it. So we're going to see that because again, it's something the fans obviously want to see. I mean, not only because not only that, like she's got the stature too. She's yeah. People don't realize how tall she is, dude. She's she's got a figure to go toe to toe with a few of those guys, especially like the, the the cruiser and middleweights. She's a, I think a former rugby player, so yeah, she can. Yeah, she can go. Why not? Yeah, so my thing was pretty interesting, and this kind of ties in to social media because for those of you who don't know. The long time at this point, because I think they've both been doing stuff on YouTube for like 10 years plus, but Logan Paul and KSI, they, I guess at one time were, I would call them enemies, but more frenemies at one point. <laughs> and you probably know that they, they had their, their famous boxing match or whatever, boxing exhibition, we'll call it. Uh, and they decided they were going to go into business together and they created a brand called Prime which is an energy drink. And it comes, I think, in like five or six flavors, something like that. I'd seen it advertised all the time. He has it on his podcast. He has it on WWE television with him. You know, and I was just like, I wonder if that stuff's even any good or are people just buying it because it's two large internet personalities and they're just going to sell a lot of whatever they promote. But I happened to be at Target the other day. They had some, so I was like, I grabbed a can, picked up, uh, I believe it was watermelon strawberry was the flavor because it sounded good and I, and I will say this going into it i don't really respond to energy drinks they don't really affect me so if they taste bad i'm not gaining anything like i literally just drink them and then i go okay cool that's it and then i still go to bed like normal but i had to admit dude like it actually tasted good it was a little bit on the sweet side but i'm okay with that i have the i'm the heavy sugar sweet tea guy so didn't bother me at all but I kind of get it. I literally thought like if it worked for you and you, you know, you're an energy drink person, it was one of the better flavored energy drinks I'd tried out. And I was really shocked by that. Like I, one of those things where I, and I even did a video, so you can find it on, on my review channel online, but like that type of thing where you test it and you're ready to say something bad, <laughs> but then you can't. And you're like, okay, this actually got me. Like I would actually drink this. So, yeah, if you're thinking about trying Prime or you were curious, it's nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. Not even close, honestly. And the one thing, too, when you drink energy drinks, there's always like, not always, but a lot of times it's like a weird, very like chemically aftertaste. I feel like you get a little bit. I didn't really have that so much with this. And that was kind of nice, too. But there you go. Also, Logan Paul, for some reason, you happen to be listening to this or KSI. Throw money our way. We will gladly sponsor some Prime. Let's <laughs> to say we're gonna we'll fight you. Yeah, I, I ain't trying to fight nobody these days. Like, no. Last week you were saying you'd fight Mike Tyson for the right amount of money. Now you don't want to fight KSI. No, because I wouldn't. I wouldn't get Mike Tyson money. See, there's a difference. But I mean, like, you get <laughs> no. If I get in with Tyson, Tyson fights are still. I bet you if he fought tomorrow, he could probably still bring in thirty million, easy. So I'm like, okay, if I get my cut of that, you know, in twenty percent or something, cool. I get well, it with KSI, you, I might get a couple hundred grand. You know how much mean? KSI get for, or not KSI, how much did Logan Paul get for fighting Floyd Mayweather? Or was that Jake that fought Floyd Mayweather? I get the, no, it was Logan Paul. Yeah, how much you figure he got for that? Uh, doesn't matter because he didn't get all his money. Oh, wow. Apparently Oops. that's still a thing in debate because oh, wow. Floyd and his team or whatever tried to renege on a deal and, like, I don't know, said they were entitled to a larger percentage or something. Something went down, so... Supposedly, Logan Paul did not get fully paid what he thought he was going to get paid for that fight. That's the other bad thing about boxing is it is shady AF. So you could have had that fight. You could have had that fight with Tyson and then not get your money. You would have risked your life for nothing. I'm doing a quick search here to see if there's an update on that uh, for the Mayweather fight. I but last I saw, he had mentioned it. 
uh, let's see, the most recent thing. Oh, actually, people asking why didn't Logan Paul get paid? Apparently, there's like YouTube videos and stuff about it. So really? yeah, it's, it's common news he didn't get paid. And this was as recent as March this year. They were saying there's still some type of conflict for some amount. So, uh. Of all the people you you would not pay, you you gotta pay a YouTuber else. Yeah, well, you'll never hear the end of it. Well, not just that; it also makes Floyd look bad because, like, the dude's worth damn near a billion dollars. We hope. That's I mean, the like, thing that makes me concerned. That sounds like is he is he having money problems? That's the thing that's gonna make. Any time a boxer fails to pay somebody, first thing you think because of all the horror stories, oh, he must be broke. I mean, maybe I don't know. Like that, it's it's crazy. I don't really get it. Like, just pay the dude his money and move on. Like, Floyd Floyd is invested in so many things. Yeah, and hell, he's even out here making like ten million dollar bets on other fights and stuff, and showing his winning tickets and things. Like, hey, who? Like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? So yeah, I'm hoping he still has money. Yeah, otherwise it's it's a a bad charade. <laughs> But yeah, let's get into the weekly news. So in case you were uh, hiding under a rock, we need to inform you that Twitter was an absolute mess this week. And partly because there was a tweet that came out from Elon Musk that basically said, hey, we're going to regulate your views on Twitter to, I believe the numbers were 5,000 tweets you can look at if you were a paid member i think 500 if you weren't and then like some smaller number for something else and then throughout the day later on it was probably about 10 or 12 hours later when i saw it they had posted those numbers were all up to like 10 percent or something I, I don't remember what the number was it, but it all felt very weird right because what platform any social media wants you to not use their product more. Right? That's and don't be wrong. Of. I get the idea that people are saying, oh, he's trying to get people to sign up for Twitter Blue, whatever. Like, even if you got 10% of everybody to sign up for Twitter Blue, you're still losing all those free clicks yeah. and swipe throughs or whatever that people are paying you ad revenue for. Like, why would that? So, like, immediately my thought was, Nah, there's more to the story. I mean, he may have thrown that in there when he tried to make himself look better or just try to find another opportunity to promote Twitter blue. But nah, something, many things are severely jacked up. Yeah. So to that end, turns out they had an issue that surfaced where they apparently were supposed to be playing, paying Google cloud services for some portion of operations of Twitter. Now, my understanding is it's a big bill, but it's a multi-year contract or whatever, and the contract was up, and they had to pay whatever it was, like a billion dollars to renew. They apparently were deciding they didn't want to, and he was having people try to move all their stuff off of their services. Apparently, they got close to the deadline, realizing they weren't going to make it, then had to scramble and decide what they could or couldn't use on there or not, and then ultimately, my understanding is, had to pay Google again. And by the way, I've read through a few different articles from people who are just better versed on this subject than I am. So I'm kind of giving you the Cliff Notes versions as I interpreted them. So if there are mistakes, I apologize. But then going into a deeper dive, there was also an understanding that people were already experiencing issues before that post came out. So something else had happened or went into effect before Elon even came out with that tweet. So then you got people saying, well, what's going on? Turns out it's very possible that between the transition of all the services and other things they were doing, they possibly DDoS themselves on some level, causing different server issues to where people were already experiencing problems with the platform. And as we know from Elon's ego, <laughs> where he just bought Twitter instead of just walking away for like, what, 140, 120th of what he could have paid, this is likely in that same ballpark, right? Like, I don't want to look bad. I don't want to look have our company look incompetent. So I'm going to come up with a thing and tell them this is what we're testing out right now, which is the dumbest thing because nobody's going to test out, hey, don't be on our platform very long. Yeah. That's stupid, right? So that doesn't make any sense. 
And then there's also a report that there might just be a bug that has caused a large chunk of the issues that led to them, quote unquote, DDoSing themselves. So I don't even know if they have the people to handle all that right now. Because again, this is what happens when all these people go, right? You don't have the people to be moving stuff on and off servers, tracking down bugs in the system, while also trying to do all your daily operations. Right? This is why all those people exist on a platform that large. There are every, I think what people don't understand about a lot of these different services, not like when you go to work and there's 20 of y'all in an office and you're handling whatever all comes in the office. Like each one of those things of those 20 people needs a team of people when you're on the scale of these social media platforms. Every one of them is almost doing a minute, what seems like a minute job, but it takes you know, 20 people to do it. And imagine being on the scale of something like Google or YouTube, where like, I thought I thought about this one day, right? If there's a problem with 1% of the users experiencing it on something like YouTube, that's millions of people. Like, that's crazy to think about. Gee, if only someone could have predicted. Oh, wait, everybody predicted this when Elon was too stupid to walk away from this. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, Twitter is not YouTube or Google, right? But it still has millions of users. So, again, if somebody's even experiencing 1% to 5% or whatever having a problem, you're still talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Like, that, that's kind of nuts. Right. And I don't think we think about that, that anything that affects them by such a huge scale and it could be a very minute thing, but you need to have people that can go in and deal with that. And they don't have that right now. Now, then I've seen that they're still trying to hire some people. I don't know if they're trying to hire people back or new people or whatever. But, yeah, this became a mess. It just got real bad for a couple of days and people panicking and everybody doing server hunting again and seeing where, what platforms people are on. Would you go back after he fired you and then just it turns into the whole garbage, <laughs> basically what everybody predicted would happen when Elon took over? Would you, is, is there a, I know he's super rich. Wait, would you go back or just a general principle like, you know what, no. Let it burn, as Usher might say. You know, I, I've thought about this with, with any job, right? If I'm released, would I go back? And I think it's a two-pronged thing. It's probably how do I feel about our discussion going back? Also, what kind of leverage do I have? Right? Because you, if you're one of these people they let go, and you were previously one of the integral folks at Twitter, and he realized, like, man, if I have you around, this becomes, like, 20% easier to deal with. Cool. If he's going to compensate you appropriately for that level of knowledge and expertise, then cool. You know, maybe you're getting a 15 or 20% raise over what you were making last time. If so, eh, you know, you might come back and at least just ride it out for a bit and see how things go. But if it's just like hiring me back to do the same thing you let me go for at the same price when I magically wasn't useful before, and now you're not even really wanting to talk about how useful I am that you need me back, nah, I'm probably not coming back. I know there are definitely places where, like, while I might have hated the boss, you know, I liked my coworkers and wouldn't want to see them suffer if I could prevent it. Because we're to the point now, especially in journalism, where you know, hey, if, just if if one thing goes wrong, company goes bust. It's just yeah, weird to that point. That's a good point too. I mean, it kind of depends. So, like, maybe maybe in some circumstances, I would go back. I wouldn't say it's automatic though, for sure. I would have there. There are definitely like a few different levers or boxes that would have to be checked for me to come back. But yeah, it's like I said, the minute I saw that though, that that tweet went out, I said, no, something else is going on. Like, cause we talked about it off the air, right? You're, you're not going to go to TikTok and see a post of just, okay, we're now only give you 120 minutes to be on our platform. Nobody would, nobody didn't even, Walmart's not going to say, Hey, you know, after you've been here for about an hour, we, we, you got to get out now time for other people to, Come in here and burn money. Yeah, it's just it's just weird, right? Like nobody's gonna tell you be on our platform less. Like that just doesn't make sense. And then we just saw like huge exodus to other sites, right? To the point that we saw um, Spoutables, the one I've I've been using for a while now, 
And they do a good job, like, blocking harassment and other stuff. And we'll talk about this later in the dinner table. But they were showing their charts of just, like, how many people were flooding to their platform. And credit to them, because nothing crashed. They weren't having any issues, nothing like that. But Twitter went so far. Matter of fact, I was looking at the account of the guy that owned Spoutable, Spoutable earlier. They suspended his Spoutable-related accounts. Because they were, I guess, showing their success along with taking shots at Elon Musk and all his mistakes. So again, coming back to Elon's ego. <laughs> so yeah, so the Spoutable account, the Bot Sentinel account, and one other one. And what's funny is one of those accounts they hadn't even used for anything yet. It was just earmarked. So he, they went through and Manny said, nope, these all belong to you. We are suspending all of these accounts. So not only did you mess up, and then you sent stuff to the competitors, which pretty much everybody saw a spike over, over the last three, four days. As then, you would expect from Twitter, just yeah. doing dumb stuff. And then you went and took shots by trying to suspend the accounts. So now you look doubly bad. You know, suspending the accounts of the competitors who weren't doing anything other than pretty much existing and spouting facts. So, but yet the, he wants this to be the platform for free speech. Yeah. So it, it's it's a bad look all the way around. Like th this was just, yeah. But anyway, it is what it is. There's some other platforms out there. I again, I don't think Twitter's just going to implode and go away tomorrow. You will lose some reach, I'm sure, for a few days. They'll get all of it sorted out. We'll probably be back to normal in a week, and nobody's going to care. And something will happen again in three to six months, and we'll be doing it all over again. I think overall, it'll have it'll be that whole like diminishing returns thing that each time you'll see more and more people start using other platforms. Yeah, as we talked about, you know, MySpace is still there. It just isn't, you know, really relevant in the social media conversation. But there's still probably I'm sure thousands of people, or if not millions of people, still using it. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's so many different platforms out there for people to use right now. So, so I think, it, it doesn't happen all at once. It's like it's like what we're seeing happening now, just a gradual, <laughs> gradual exodus. Things keep getting screwed up. And then almost almost what you see with nightclubs and then ironically also with churches, where just over time it goes from being the hottest place in town to go to, oh, you still going to that church? Nobody goes there anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. But yeah, interesting stuff. Just something to keep your eye on. But we still have a couple other things to talk about. And we can finally say that the one ring has been found. So last week, we saw a post from DNA or David Adams Card World. They posted a uh, screenshot of a picture from PSA's website with their number. One of the things PSA does when they have high grades or high valuable cards come through the numbers attached to them, you can see them on their website. So you know they're legit and they've come through their service. And it was the one ring. It's over, Mr. Frodo. Yeah, it's exactly. really over. <laughs> yeah, so somebody apparently found it, sold it to them. I'm assuming got their million dollars or maybe somewhere north of a million. They didn't talk about what, at least I didn't see anything that I could uncover that said what they paid for it. But we know they paid at least a million because that's what they had promised. And yeah, they post about I it. Thought it was, I've been seeing two million. Was it not two million? Well, two million was from a guy in Spain. Oh, okay. Or a company in Spain. Now, I would think it's possible the person probably went to DNA Card World and said, "Hey, this other offer's on the table, but I'd rather not go through the hassle of dealing with everything, tickets, going to Spain, all that. I don't want to hold this, possibly losing it or doing damage to it or whatever. What can we work out?" Also makes it hard to remain remain anonymous going to Spain, too. Yeah, also true. So they may not have paid too many, but might have said, hey, how about you meet me halfway and we do 1.5 or something, right? I could see that being a believable scenario. And they get it for less than $2 million, so they still get control of it. They don't have to give it to a competitor. The person gets their money. After taxes, they're going to still clear close to a mill. Great. You know, like everybody goes home happy. I'm not going to lie, I'd be incredibly nervous having something in my house worth a million dollars. Once it became $2 million, 
I did have the thought of like how I would handle it. And I had a mental plan already worked out because like a $2 million bill is kind of a unique situation to have to deal with. that I don't think a lot of people even realize, but yeah, it, it was, it, the outcome wasn't crazy. Cause I figured it was going to end up in the hands of one of these people publicly saying they were going to pay millions of dollars, right? Like you don't have to find a buyer. You just contact them. But then people were acting all kinds of dumb. You know, there was people saying, well, who sold it to him? Why don't we know? How do we know it's real? And blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, first off, you would have to have a deal where DNA, Cardworld, and PSA were both willing to put their reputations on the line to have a fake one ring. Yeah, that's not a thing. You know, like, knowing the buy- the seller doesn't do anything for validation other than for that person to say, I'm the one that opened it out of a pack. But if the original seller staying anonymous, anybody could be the one that says they opened it out of a pack. So whatever. The other point of contention for people were some people were mad that the logic says they probably express graded this particular card because it's so unique and it's, you know, it's a pop culture thing right now. And I'm sure the people at DNA Car World have somewhat of a relationship with the people at PSA. That would just make normal sense. So they probably had it for three. I'm guessing three to five days before they were able to announce it was graded. People were upset saying, well, that means they sold the other boxes for the higher price while they know they had the one ring or whatever. And you'd have to, because you wouldn't know until it was verified. That's exactly it, right? Like until it's verified and graded and whatever, you don't really like, you probably have good inclination. You probably are pretty sure the person's being honest and whatever, but like, you probably are checking it before you even hand over the million dollars or a million plus, we'll say. The other thing, too, that you run into is that let's say for some reason they did go with the other plan and said, OK, well, we got our hands on the one ring. We're just waiting for the grade to come back. Let's go ahead and move all our box prices down from, I don't know, they were going for about 300, 500. Let's say we move them down to 300. Well, you know, since they're one of the few people who mentioned they were going to pay millions of dollars for the ring. Once box prices drop on DNA Car World, you don't think that's going to get around the internet in less than like 10 minutes? Right? So then all of a sudden, everybody's oh, they must have found the ring. That must be they. And now it becomes a story before they're ready to deal with it, before they even have the proof that it's legit from PSA, right? Because, I mean, the, the odds of it happening are minuscule, but imagine had they done that, lowered the price, then it turns out. To not be legitimate, now they got to raise the price again. What a fiasco well, with that event. Even beyond that, everybody else is going to follow suit, right? Because they right. haven't yes. made an announcement yet, so they drop them. So then TCG Player drops them, then your local store drops them. And then it may turn out it's not even the real ring. So now everybody else has got to go back up. So now there's backlash because people drove their boxes down, all of a sudden pushed them all the way back up. Or people that passed on buying them because they wanted to try to get their golden ticket or whatever, thinking that it's already found. And then the prices go back up because we found out it's not the real one, right? There's so many dumb moving parts if they do just make that change early. Now, I guess it's possible the only other middle line suggestion could have been, say, we have somebody who have presented us with the ring. We are waiting to get it graded. We don't know if it's authentic yet or not. Maybe. But even then, I don't know if they want that to be public yet. Yeah. Right, they the person they're working with may not want okay. that to be. Public yeah, it's yet, not right? just them. The seller has said they want to remain anonymous. So you're not just protecting your business deal; you're protecting the seller's wish to remain anonymous. And with, in most cases, yeah, it'd be like who would care? It'd be easy to do it. But it's something with something that everybody from the New York Times on down has covered. Every reporter that thinks they can figure this out is going to make every. I'm sure people are still. Trying to call, be like, hey, you sure? They just figured out any way to break the story because that's what reporters do. Yep. So, yeah, so it's a weird thing. Like, I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, what do you think they profited? Like an extra, I don't know, a few thousand maybe for those extra three or four days? It's not It's not going to make or break anybody. It's fine. But, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with the buyer or the seller staying anonymous. I get it. Like, hell, for all we know, they might just have family they don't want to talk to and let them know they got money. You know what I mean? They they just don't want that out there. Yeah, I think they just put every We're in an area where everybody feels entitled to know every detail. So I think people are just upset that 
that uh, at least especially in the in the short term, they're not going to know. Also, there are complete idiots out in the world that they did not understand why the image looked the way it did from the scan on PSA's website. Like, they just don't understand how light works. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, well, the one wizard showed had the gold embossing and whatever, and this one's really dark. Like, well, yeah, because there's a flash or a scan going over it so they can get the image to be able to post on the website. So sometimes the gold's not going to show perfectly. Like, how is this so hard to understand? And again, why would you have a company that's made their reputation on grading high-end, high-value cards and another company that's made their reputation on selling tons of cards getting into hoots, cahoots to lie about it? Yeah, we're going to just throw all the beads dollars we make doing this all the time away for one conspiracy. We talk about all the time, yeah. Fine. Have your conspiracy theory. Enjoy your conspiracy theory. But at the end of the day, you got to explain to me who benefits from said conspiracy. Because people don't do these things just for kicks. There's got to be some reason they're hiding something from everybody. Exactly. I tell people, like, I am always entertained by a good conspiracy theory. But at least give me something that makes sense and can explain. Well, like, one, it has to make sense. And two, you got to explain to me why the motive is benefiting somebody. Like, if you can't do those things, I can't buy into your conspiracy. Even if I don't necessarily believe it, I at least go, all right, I can see why, you, why you'd why you be into that. Like, but this one made no sense. Like, 100%, as soon as I saw it and I saw them post a thing from PSA, I'm like, yeah, they got it. That was it. End of the story. And good for them. You know, I, I think some people were mad because they don't know if it was opened by a player or a random person or if it was opened by... I don't know, a streamer or opened by DNA card world themselves. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it really, really doesn't matter. It was it was a random chance, whether it was somebody like DNA card world or Cool Stuff Inc. or Card Kingdom or Star City or whoever opening their like thousands of boxes. Yeah, they have a higher hit rate chance to get one. That's going to happen. So if they open one, would we have been shocked? No. So like, what? I don't even understand what it matters. At the end of the day, well, I mean, it's not fun. Nobody's rooting for the major corporation, obviously. Sure, but like, what's going to change if we know who opened it? Like, literally nothing. That's the part I don't get. Like, okay, let's say we do find out they bought it from somebody instead of opening it. Okay, cool. The card's still in the same hands. Same people had the money before we knew, still have the money. We can, I don't know, it's probably going to be on display at some point in the future so people can see it. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Like, so I don't know. I didn't really have a problem with it. I thought it was neat that it was finally found. And on some ways, I'm kind of glad. So we can move on to other things. Because <laughs> otherwise, I think this would have just been a lingering story for who knows how long. Well, I mean, I think that would would have been fun if, hey, a year out, still nobody's found it. That would have been kind of been kind of fun. This is supposed to be a treasure hunt. I, I think my problem though is if it wasn't found, then we move into the other conspiracy theories of, well, Wizards probably didn't even really put it into a product. They're just trying to make more money. Because that was a conversation for a minute there. And I had to explain the logic of that doesn't make sense because, one, they were going to sell out pretty much all of their collector boosters anyway. And they don't make the secondary market money. So if they sell it to a store for, I don't know, 200 bucks, they're going to make that same 200 bucks whether the boxes sell for 300 or sell for 500 That benefits stores and online retailers or whatever. That final price doesn't benefit Wizards. All it does, other than having something to talk about in the publicity part, sure. But they make no real money off of those things not being found like they want it to be found so they can at least be hey here's the big moment you talk about it it's another round of press and pr for them people are going to talk about it now we can move on to the next product yeah again if, if, if you got a conspiracy theory show me who benefits from it and where would wizards benefit from faking a huge treasure hunt essentially oh no because if truth can't if they did and anybody at wizards found out and was they wanted to be a whistleblower oh dude you're talking about million to dollar lawsuit right there's no reason if you have that thinking there'd be no reason to not blow that whistle oh yeah for sure like people would pay you more than your year's salary just to crack that story 
Like all these people <laughs> always tell me about this. Like now there's supposedly a conspiracy to protect Hunter Biden. No, as a reporter, you dream of taking of the course. president down of or course. any big, any big fish. You know, it's, that's what you that's what you got into the profession for. Where are reporters sitting around going, let's see. I could do like Woodward and Bernstein and totally make my career off of one story, or I could help protect my favorite politician. Nobody is going to choose to protect my favorite politician. Did you see the video from a couple weeks ago that they were trying to push on conservative channels about, look at Hunter Biden. He's in these videos having sex with two women or whatever it was. And most people looked at it and went, all right, he's a rich guy with money. Yeah, I mean. Nobody cared. Like, like, why was this even a story? I think I literally went, you know how often that happens around the world? Like, nobody cares. <laughs> it was like when they were trying to make AOC dancing in college a thing. Look at this liberal. She's cute and she can dance. Doesn't this upset you? Yeah, that was a weird one, too. I <laughs> that, that was right up there with, like, the tan suit on Obama. Yeah, like, I'm I don't like, think... what are we mad about? Like, And again, feel free to be mad. But at least have it be something you can, for real, like make a case on. You know, like if she's young, attractive, and has rhythm. Ah, Exactly. (laughs) This really chaps my head. That was my thing. I'm like, there's not even a discussion to be had here because I don't even know what you're mad at. They have become just. It's parody. It's just straight. the, the the worst it, it, comedians are having a hard time right now because the truth is infinitely funnier than fiction. Yep, that's for real. But let's talk about a couple more things before we wrap this up. Yeah, I started thinking the other day, Brian, that we're kind of st- still in the middle. I guess what you want to call convention season, and now convent once it starts is usually now around like March or April. We kind of don't stop until Christmas, practically. Like, I mean, this year still, I mean, as of this recording, I mean, you still have Gen Con Origins, a Magic Con coming up, another Dream Hack, two PAX events, because you have Weston Unplugged still to happen. There's TwitchCon, uh, Vid Summit just happened. There's like three more, I think, Magic events in between the different organizations are running. And I think there's still a video game one in there somewhere. Like, you're talking, like, probably around seven large events, major events, and probably another, like, four to six mid-size events between now and the end of the year. I mean, that means you could practically go to two a month, barring, like, scheduling conflicts, obviously. That's a lot. And, like, and so, and I had somebody ask, especially other creators, how do you choose which events you go to anymore? And I don't know, Brian, because like you're in an even an even different situation because you probably have to decide like when you get to go to events with kids or not, you know? And, or uh, right you. now the answer is I don't. <laughs> just, I don't have the, the, the time or the money to get to those things right now. And I guess probably it may be that way until at least a couple of them are out of college, truthfully. Well, there you go, right? I mean, and, the, and to be fair, the prices have gotten high on a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, you're talking some of them are, you know, we talked about it before. Some of them were $50, $60 a day to get in. You know, whereas before, you know, some of them were $20 to $40. So the scales definitely changed. For me, I've had to really decide, like, what am I getting out of the events? Now, again, if you're going as an attendee, whole different perspective, right? You might be there to get some autographs, go to the exhibit hall, do some shopping. Maybe your favorite show or something has a panel or two. You're going to go watch that. Cool. Makes a lot of sense. For me, it's like I'm probably not doing TwitchCon, right? I wanted to a couple of years ago just because I thought, okay, I'm going to be trying to do some Twitch stuff or whatever. But after seeing the last couple of years, I'm kind of like, why would I go to TwitchCon? I mean, I'm not needing to network with the random Twitch personalities. You don't need to fall into a ball pit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> break, like, to you. That is also insane. <laughs> don't want to break your leg. Come on. Yeah. So like I only get to do that once, sir. So yeah, the whole thing, I'm kind of like, eh, not really my jam. And I'm not I'm not the type of person that I follow any particular creators or celebrities that I like I have to go meet them. Like if you I get it if you do, and that's your thing, but like it's just not a thing for me. 
So I'm more likely to do the magic cons and stuff because I can directly meet other people, brands or whatever that are in our space that matter, maybe get sponsors, whatever. I can do all those conversations there. I can be on panels in those spaces. Possibly one of the packs because one's close to me. You know, PAX West, they do it in Seattle. Like, that's one you can just go up to. Not a big deal. PAX Unplugged, I think they did that one in Philly the last couple of years. Like, don't know if I'm going back across country to go to it. It'd be a conversation to be had if I was on a panel or I thought there was enough business to be done or some other game company I wanted to work with, I'd probably hit it up. But I think you have to be really discerning with the events you go to now. Like, there's some smaller ones I passed up because I was like, man, I can't promise you I'll even be able to schedule for that or budget for the flights or whatever. Like, so I just passed on a couple of them. And not that those events are bad. It's just with everything else going on, you've got to pick and choose. It's it's getting tight out here with all these events yeah. happening. Like, I, I get it. You want to go to everyone. But the other reality, too, is just time. Like, I have a mobile setup I take with me just so I can still work on content for my hotel room and stuff. And even that is still like, man, it's hard to produce decent, high quality content sometimes under different conditions. And if I'm traveling each time you're on a plane, that's generally going to be three to six hours each way that you're just losing. And sometimes that day, because, you know, you're having to wait around at the airport and get up early and all that. So that just cuts into time for other stuff as well. So I don't I don't think people should have too much FOMO or feel bad if they can't justify a certain event because one, it just may not make sense for you. And two, there's just a lot of choices. You don't have to do everyone. And that's okay. But I do want to come back to the conversation we we're having about Twitter and the issues that went down here in the dinner table because there's another website called Blue Sky. I say I guess I should call it another social media app. And People have started to want to check that one out, especially again, you know, every time something starts happening with Twitter, everybody starts going like, where's everybody going? Right. Uh, I'm still not a Mastodon person. I can't get them, but like, it's just too much for what it needs to be. Like, I just want to pop an app open. I sign up. I start messing around. Right. Like, I don't want to have to like put in a request to a server and then figure out where other people are. And like that, that's I shouldn't do work for my social media. Like, I'm, I'm not into it. But one of the things about Blue Sky is my understanding is I believe it's either owned or created by the, the guy who used to own Twitter. So that already kind of creates its own pseudo narrative. But beyond that, they had some racial issues recently. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and it kind of created the question of do those types of things on a new site push you away from signing up for them? And it's a little tough now when you're talking about from the creator side of things. Because I was explaining to somebody that I'm on the wait list in, you know, hey, and if you got a Blue Sky invite, feel free to hit me up. But I'm likely going to be there just for business purposes because I don't have a need to mess around. Like, and for those you don't know, basically what happened is some people got into a discussion on there. A black woman was, I, I would say attacked, but even more than attacked. It was a not so veiled death threat. <laughs> and on top of that, the person was saying, oh, well, the black people need to find their own site and they shouldn't be trying to get into the Anglosphere, I believe was the term the woman used. And obviously a bunch of the users came out and like, you know, reported it, sent messages to ownership, whatever, like, hey, why are we letting this person still be on the platform? And then they came out with this whole thing about, you know, they're trying to do less regulation on the site. And unless it's a obvious and direct death threat and blah, 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 and all these other... And eventually, after enough uproar, they came around to, okay, we're going to set a rule in place that we'll at least temporarily suspend this type of account when this happens or whatever, and then, you know, have a whole system for it. But one of the things I believe they're aiming for with Blue Sky is to 
be part of what they call uh, a federated site, which is basically kind of what Mastodon is at its core, is you can be on different programs and talk to each other. Almost like now you can play Diablo with people on different gaming systems, <laughs> right? It's like that, but for social media. I think there's the best explanation, the simplest explanation of it. But with that, it also means you're going to have fewer rules because even somebody who gets banned or suspended on one platform could technically still access another platform because they they haven't done anything to violate theirs in their sphere or whatever. So it becomes a whole big mess. I don't know if I want to mess with that, right? Because conversely, I've been using Spoutable where they have been like, yeah, we don't allow that here. And then immediately give a temporary suspension to somebody. And then you mess up again. They're like, hey, no, we really don't want that here. And then you're out. <laughs> right. So I'm okay with that. Right. And it's been a pretty pleasant experience. I'm not going to lie. Like right now, there's not a lot of ads on it, but I think they're doing that as kind of like the warm up period. I think there eventually will be ads on it. So, I mean, I'm not going to even give that a credit to the platform because I think every platform eventually says, hey, you know how we make more money? Let's put some ads on things. So that that's going to be coming. Yeah, and I've as I've mentioned on here, I don't have a problem with you putting ads on your thing. I understand commerce. You would you're yeah. not creating this site for me to talk to my friends. And as you mentioned, to do a bunch of business, they're not doing that for free. They're doing it in the hopes of someday turning a profit on that thing. It's just yeah, and as long as it's not excessive, like like Twitter's been a little bad lately. Like I've scrolled through and like every three tweets, there's been an ad on some days. So that, that's a little bit much. I mean, you just, you know, keep scrolling. I'm like, okay, if, if you're not interested in that, keep pushing. Oh, I do. Know? But it's just like when it's emoji, GIF, ad. And it's just like, uh, and then when it's like, you know, you have to keep turning ads off because a bunch of ones you don't want to see anyway. They, they're not even good about curating ads that I need to see. Because at least give me like nerd related ones or gaming stuff or hell, even men's clothing or something. I, get, I keep getting every once in a while, I'll get one for it's like random conservative guy mad that he couldn't sell stuff on Amazon. So I made my own site or whatever. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's block those ads. Right. <laughs> so even that I don't enjoy. It's just a bad ad experience. But what I will say about Spoutable, it's actually pretty well regulated. You don't see a lot of fuss. They could probably be a little better about suggested follows because there's some people that kind of like on the fringes of a couple of things I follow or comment on. So, like, that'll get better, I'm sure. But, yeah, it's pretty easy to respond to people. The, like, strangers have found me, and it's been really fun interacting with folks. I'm not even, like, heavily doing anything there and have, I don't know, like, 80 followers or something now. So, I'm I'm into it. And there's been a lot of people who came on board, obviously, this past week with all the mess going on. But it's also good, too, because, like, you can link to outside stuff, and it doesn't seem to affect your reach or growth in any way. So, that's good. So, like, a lot of little things that you have problems with on Twitter, they seem to have largely fixed. So, I'm not going to say completely because, you know, I haven't done the test every single thing. But a lot of the more, I would say, obvious things that I was bothered by on Twitter seem to have been fixed on Spoutable. Blue Sky I haven't used yet, but so far from the outside looking in, not yeah, great. Yeah, this, this is me not being impressed so far. Yeah, and they've also have like a very tight invite system. So it's super slow getting people in there. I believe at one point they maybe had like a hundred thousand people or something as, as recent as like April. I can't, I, I can't see that lasting because everything else is just infinitely easier to sign. I, I, I guess they're trying to make it sound like it's this exclusive club. You got to be a member of it. That's the complete opposite of how social media is supposed to work. Honestly, it feels more to me like they don't trust their networks. And they're trying to yeah, regulate yeah. the number of people coming on so they don't get a crash. Because remember, that's what happened to Hive. Yep. Hive had a really... And honestly, I think Hive had one of the coolest looking sites and one of the most interesting. But when they got that rush of people, that like million people that came on over a couple of days or whatever, they were just wiped out. And they were down for the better part, I think like two weeks or something. And parts of the site worked and the app worked, but not enough that you could function and that was it like people just quit they're still around like we said before you know once you're around you're kind of around for a while but yeah they lost all their momentum and a bunch of people just aren't going back 
And we're coming from the gaming space where we're used to watching stuff crash. So I'm I'm happy to wait until they get this and the racism figured out before I want to try to dive into this pool. Oh, sure. And like I said, I, I'm a big fan of just go to the sites, set up my accounts, test it out. I can at least speak to it if people ask. But it's probably for now going to be business only for me on Blue Sky if I ever even get in, assuming that things stay even close to what they are now. Whereas on Spoutable, I've had a little couple small conversations with people over there and kind of enjoying it. So I obviously I'm still on Twitter the most because that's where everybody still is for the most part. But Spoutable is slowly becoming my secondary like messaging social media app, I would say. I mean, obviously, I still have like Facebook. I still got TikTok or whatever. But yeah, just something to think about. But yeah, do do those racist things bother us? Do they make decisions? Do we make decisions based on those? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah, I don't want to be <laughs> I want to be any place where I feel like I'm not wanted in real life or on social media. Yeah. And you don't necessarily want to support that and help them make more money. So, you know, that's a thing. But also... I'm with you, right? If it's just going to become more of a hassle or something you're going to have to deal with because, you know, I'm walking into somebody's Anglosphere, as they say. Yeah, I'm not going to be that excited about it. It's a problem as old as time. You know, you just every time you try, you want you want to say, OK, yes, free speech, free exchange of ideas. And then inevitably, some people will use that free speech to be clowns and then you gotta figure out how to how to put i mean ideally you have some guardrails in place before but then if your whole thing is hey we want to encourage more free speech you try to and maybe you feel like twitter or facebook has been too strict but the people are gonna people are gonna push the boundaries all the time yep but all right brian once everybody really can find you on the social medias that probably won't be blue sky Right. I am Brian Sonic on Twitter and YouTube. Oh, and Instagram on Instagram also. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And I just want to say, y'all be cool out there for sure. As always, wherever you are listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Take care of yourselves and your family. Remember to be awesome. And most importantly, remember to be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 